Hi everyone, welcome to the ADSAT podcast, supporting you, supporting students. We'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who are the traditional custodians of the lands on which this recording is taking place. This podcast is the fifth from our series of bite-sized sessions, 12 at 12, to help you recharge. This session, Sharing Good News, teaches you how to build trust and rapport with active, constructive listening. Make sure you check out our show notes for links to the session recording and presentation slides. Enjoy. So high quality connections. Fancy having a a job or a research focus on creating high quality connections at work. This is based on the work um, from Jane Dutton, who just has that. Um, So high quality connections. We all share this deep psychological need to feel valued, to feel respected, to feel seen and to feel heard and to feel that we belong somewhere. Um, And when our workplace meets those needs and when we help other people feel that they're respected, that they're valued, that they're seen and they're heard, it actually um, values them, makes them feel worthy and it makes ourselves feel worthy and valued when that happens. And um, that that helps create those high quality connections. So workplaces that have high quality connections enables us to learn new skills easier, to be better at solving problems, to have better creativity, to be more resilient. So high quality connections are really connected with feeling more resilient in our workplaces. And then it has a ripple effect into our lives. We're more engaged in what we do. We're more motivated. We're more interested. And actually, then it makes sense that it boosts not only our our individual performance, but the performance of our team. So it really does impact on our well-being. So one way that we make those high-quality connections is our conversations. So we need those high-quality connections also to um, boost our friendships, maintain our friendships and create other friendships. And they don't take that long to do. It's not like I've got to come in and devote all this time. It just can take little micro moments of what we do when we pass someone in the corridor, when we come in, you know, when we do go back into workplaces, when we come and see someone or when we get on a Zoom meeting, just taking a couple of seconds to go, you know, how are you? What's happening for you today? Um, or asking a little bit more about um, what's happening in their life or how they're tackling their work. This conversation is actually the foundation of everything that we do and create together, especially given that our words create our social reality. Um, So what we say and what we hear affects how we see the world around us. So, for example, um, if we talk about a colleague as a megastar, she's always doing great stuff, then that's our social reality about that biggest our colleague we see all the great stuff that she does we have a lot more confidence in her um, we really like to work with her or if we see a colleague um, that we think doesn't pull their weight and we start talking to others about that it starts creating that social reality about that colleague too and we start to see those things in them um, so our conversations um directly with people or with others about others can either lift people up or um, put them down. So what we need is some conversations that actually lift people up and help them feel valued and respected. Um, And one of the ways we can do this is through how we respond to good news. Um, 
So this is work by Shelley Gable, who's found that um, how we respond to good news has even a more powerful impact on our relationships than how we respond to bad news. So we all kind of, you know, know, even if we don't get it right all the times, the protocols about responding to bad news, we know that it's really important that we take a few minutes to really listen to someone, to show some empathy, um, to give that message that we're there for them, especially our friends, you know, like that's what makes good friendships too, that we just take that extra time and really listen to the emotions around that and, and give the, as much support as we can. So we know that. But actually, Shelley found that it's even more important um, for our friendships, for our relationships in how we respond to good news. And we don't often think about that. So she came up with uh, where well, she's found that active constructive responding is one of the best ways to boost our relationships with others and I just this is one of my favorite little tools around because it's just so clear and it can be so powerful and so easy to do when I remember and um, when I'm intentional about it. So we can respond to people um, actually in a destructive or constructive way and we can be passive and active in the way and we do that. So, for example, and it's really interesting when you know this tool, you see it play out all around you. So if you're destructive, destructive and if you're passive when someone gives you good news, you actually shift the focus of the story to yourself. So if I tell you, oh, I saw this great movie on Netflix last night, um, you was, or someone tells me, I saw this great movie on Netflix last night. If I'm being destructive and passive, I'll say, oh, well, I saw this great movie on Netflix the other night. You should have seen that. So I just take the focus away from the person and onto myself. If I'm being destructive and active about that, I'm actually going to point out all the downsides, the risks and the concerns of watching a movie on Netflix. Well, you know, research says that we should be out exercising in the evening or do you know that too much television watching is bad for you? Or, hey, I wouldn't watch those kind of movies. They sound really creepy for me and you've got to be careful these days. Um, so I'm just actually putting a downer on that good story. So you could notice if someone, if you're telling someone a really good news story and um the person that you're telling either shifts a focus on you or gives you all the downsides of it, <sighs> your energy goes down, you're falling flat, well, you know, there goes that good story. Um, totally deflating. Now, if you're con constructive, you can be constructive in a passive way. So um, you're going to lift them up, but not much. So you can go, you can acknowledge and just move on. Oh, okay. Yep, that sounds great. A good Netflix movie. I wonder what's on the agenda for today's team meeting. Or I wonder what's happening at the weekend. So you acknowledge really briefly. But an active, constructive response actually helps the person relieve the positive emotions from the story. So you really start, you know, asking them those questions like, oh, tell me about the movie, what happened, um, how come it was so important to you or how come, you know, it's such a favourite one and you get them to relive the whole emotions. So, for example, if a colleague came to you and said, hey, I just landed this great new job, if you were passive and destructive, you would say, oh, well, that's good. There's a great job opportunity come up that I'm applying for too, and I'm really hopeful of getting that. 
So chunk, straight away, the attention goes from them to you. And I think we've all probably been on the landing end of those kind of conversations. Or if you're being destructively in a really active way, it's like, oh, no, it sounds like that's going to mean a lot more responsibility for you, more hassles to deal with. Gee, you're going to be having some long days at work. Okay, chunk, deflated my good news about the job. And if you're being constructive, but just being a bit passive about it, oh, good for you, the end. Um, so an active, uh, constructive response would be, hey, that's great. So tell me, what are you looking forward to in the job? When do you start? Um, what do you think your main duties will be? Um, how did you get it? Was it a difficult process to get? So you would just help them relive that. It only takes a couple of minutes, but it makes a big difference. So that's active constructive response. The other thing about making our connections count is actually being present. So, so often, and I put my hand up too, I can find myself in conversations where I think I'm not really here. I'm not really here. I'm starting to think about what I need to do next or I'm starting to think about what I didn't do yesterday or I am... Um, you know, just, I'm just, you know, getting, looking on my computer, I might be Googling something or the phone interrupts. Um, so to make our conversations count, the other thing is that we need to be really present, not just in our body, but in our mind and our heart too. So it takes turning away from our laptops, so especially when we're back on campus and people coming in to see us. It's like turn right away from your laptops, you know, side on if you sit, um, meet someone on the desk so you're looking at them, um, putting away our phone. So even the presence of a phone um, on the table when you're catching up with someone, either in a work meeting or socially, even the presence of the phone on the table can be a distraction and gives a subtle message to the other person that you're not really 100% present. And stop daydreaming, which means sometimes um, you'll notice. So it's noticing like, whoops, I'm not really in this um, conversation. I missed the last thing that was said. So it's gently reminding yourself to um, come back, maybe take a deep breath and um, just remind yourself gently, I'm going to come back into that conversation. Um, and um, yeah, I was just looking, my time is up, my 12 minutes are up. Um, and, and set that intention and do that with curiosity. Do that with, you know, asking really good, open, curious questions. The, the other little thing I'm going to say, I'm just going to take half a minute more, sorry, to stretch out the 12 to 12, just to 12 and a half minutes. I um, also picked up some great tips this morning from some researchers that have worked in communication for years, Peter and Sharon Glasser. And they say that you can ask for a do-over. If you think you've had a conversation that didn't go well, ask for a do-over. So, you know, a couple of days later, go up to the person and go, hey, you know, that conversation we had a couple of days ago, I don't think I, you know, I was my best in it. I don't think it went really well. And I've been thinking about that and I wouldn't mind to, um, to having that conversation again because I think I can do a lot better this time. So you're giving the person that kind of message that, your communication, the conversations you have with them really count, really matter, and they really count and they really matter. You've been thinking about it and you want to do a bit better there.
We just wanted to thank you again for listening to our podcast. If you are loving our podcast, please subscribe to our channel so you can keep up to date with our latest episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave us a review. If you are after more great content, you can head over to our socials and website, www.adcet.edu.au. Our next bite-sized session will be on permission to be human, become more comfortable with uncomfortable emotions and the messages they have for us.